morning, everyone. It's great to see you again. Thank you. It's great to see you again. And um, we're so encouraged to see, you know, us being together here. We take things for granted, but it's so lovely to be together, to be able to worship our Lord, to be able to understand his love. And he loves us, each and every one. He values each and every one of us, regardless where we're coming from, regardless our history. We looked at some characters in the Bible in the last few Sundays. So last Sunday, Jackie walked us through the life of Joseph. We heard about Mary. We heard about Peter. Looking at all these people from different, you know, they had different characters, different strengths, different abilities and weaknesses as well. But yet God used them in such a wonderful ways. Same with us. We are so different. There is no one similar to another. God made us as we are. And in the same way, he can use us in different ways, in different um, capabilities. So seeing this diversity, let's thank God for each and every one of us and for the works that are being done. I was thinking this morning, you know, the, we take things for granted, but to be able to be here, there are people just working and putting things together. So let's thank this morning for people making the coffee, making the tea. I mean, my coffee machine breaks, so I was uh, not functioning properly this week. So I came here with such a joy to have a coffee. So let's thank people who made the coffee, people who cleaned this space, people who came early and set up, you know, the sound, the electrics, people who came during the week and did a rehearsal so we can have the worship, people who were doing the finances and so on. Let's thank God for each and every one of us. So let's give us a round of applause this morning, actually. And uh, be encouraged by what God has done for us and he's doing in our lives. This morning, we're going to carry on with characters in the Bible. And we're going to look at Thomas, one of the disciples. Thomas, known as the doubting Thomas. But we will see that actually... That was not quite true. I mean, just for what he said at one point in his life, his whole kind of, you know, characters was based on that sentence. But looking at his life in detail, as much as we know, we will realize he was actually uh, a believer. He was a great disciple, follower of Jesus. So he's known as Doubting Thomas in tradition, in history, because he doubted at some point about Jesus' resurrection. And we will see that we all have doubts in our lives. And we will learn some lessons from Thomas's life. But let's um, read the text first, the main text about Thomas in the scripture. So I'm going to invite my volunteers this morning. We have an ad hoc play. So just to introduce ourselves in this story, we have a, we have a reader, a narrator, do you want to stay in line and when it's your turn to just pass the microphone? That's okay. Thank you very much for your cooperation. Okay, so we're reading from John 20, verses 19 to 29. Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, 
Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you are forgiven anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. Amen. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed be those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thank you very much. That was lovely. Give them a round of applause. Thank you. We could have done some practice, but it was lovely, wasn't it? I mean, uh, you know, when Thomas was doubting, you can say, unless I see the nail marks in hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I would not believe. It was that kind of a, you know, statement, like doubting. And then thinking at that moment, in that story, where do we think Jesus was while they could not see him? Where do we think Jesus was? He was still there. Although their eyes could not see him, Jesus was still there in their discussion. So where do you think Jesus is now? Through the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus is here with us. So let's believe that and let's open our hearts and learn from this story and learn from what happened then. Learn for our lives and be encouraged that Jesus is here through the Holy Spirit, encouraging us, teaching us, making us reassured that he is in our lives. So looking in Thomas' life, for this sentence, he was labeled as, you know, doubting Thomas. And isn't it funny that even in our life, sometimes you do so much good to someone, like you're helping someone a hundred times, and once you can't help them, or you have a different opinion or something, and they will be upset on you. Oh, you didn't help me. 
Man, I helped you so many times, I can't do it now. It was kind of similar with Thomas. For one thing he said, he was labeled by tradition uh, as, as Thomas the Dauphin. But actually, looking at his life, we will understand that he was a pragmatic individual. He was different than all others. He was perhaps analytical thinking. He wanted to reason before believing. He wanted evidence for himself to trust in what he was told. Thomas must have been a man of independent judgment. And oh, how much we need these people in the churches today, in our lives today. People who can judge and think for themselves and make decisions based on that information they received. So let's think of the first lesson from Thomas this morning, is that it's okay to have doubts. It is okay to have doubts in our lives. And, um, you know, looking in his life, in his life, doubts are not sin. That being doubting about our God, even, it's not a sin. But, you know, if you're doubting and you're waiting sincerely for an answer, that's when you're in the right place. Because there are people doubting but not seeking further. So doubts are not sin, but can lead us into a sort of sinful uh, behavior because we stay too much away from God or we don't wait for an answer. And someone said, Neil Strand said, doubts can be valuable if they are recognized and confessed. And if they force a man to search deeper and longer for answers, so the point is this, don't be afraid to express your doubts because doubts have the purpose to discover some new and exciting beliefs. And that was the same in the life of Thomas. And let's remember in the scripture there were other great people of God having doubts at some point in their lives. Let's remember John the Baptist. Yes, the great John the Baptist. While he was in prison... He doubted, you know, did I confess about the right one? Is this the one we expected? And look what he says in Matthew chapter 11. He sa says in here, Now when John, while imprisoned, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John that Report to John what you hear, what you hear and see. The blind receive sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. John had doubts and Jesus reassured him in prison. Stay peaceful, John. I am the one. I am the one you, you professed, you confessed. And nowadays, we, of course, are very skeptical in our lives. Because if you think of it, is there anyone here not being subject to at least an email scam a week or daily or a month? We all had scams, emails, and fake you know, advertising and so on. 
in politics sometimes, right? We are, you know, fake, um, they, they have fake promises, isn't it? Politics sometimes makes us doubt. We are in doubt of pretty much everything nowadays. When, you know, you get a big contract, big letters telling you the advantages of taking that contract, somewhere down the page, very small letters are telling you about, you know, some of the your obligation or some of the conditions of that contract, isn't it? So we always, in our lives, are kind of skeptical about everything what's going on. So it's not there for by, you know, it's understandable that people are becoming skeptical to join a church. Well, when they hear about Jesus, about God's work in their lives, he says, really? For free? Jesus died for me? Is this the good news? And I, ha I don't have to pay anything? Does it cost me anything? So it's hard for people nowadays to believe the good news in this environment. But doubts, as we learn, are good. They make you think. They make you not just believe whatever people are telling us. And someone said so nicely, doubts are like ants in your trousers. They keep you awake. They keep you alert. So we all may have said at some point in our lives, you know, about God. Does God really love me? Does God really cares about me? Does God really listen to my, to my prayers? And doubts are normal in any honest Christian. So let's not be scared of expressing them. But the other lesson here is when we have doubts, don't stay in isolation. Don't isolate yourself from the others. We are allowed to have doubts. But just have a chat with someone who maybe went through the same situation as you. You know, someone said, why are you going through struggles in life? It's because you may be at some point be able to raise someone up. To build someone up that is going through the same situation as you did. So when we are in doubt, don't stay in isolation. Thomas came back. He, he missed the first time. But he didn't say, oh, okay, I don't care now. It's getting tough. I'm just going. He came back to the church, to the place where disciples were gathering. So let us do the same. And, uh, you know, help us, God, not all of us to be in doubt at once. Let's say, you know, if uh, one-third of us have doubts, the other two-thirds will encourage the others. And that's our journey. Let's build ourselves up in faith. And that's what happened with Thomas. He came back and he, you know, the disciples tried to tell him, look, Thomas, this is what's happening. This is who we saw. We saw Jesus. He was encouraged by the others and then by Jesus himself. So let's remember, don't stay in isolation when we have doubts. And also, when we have those thoughts, wait, let's wait for an answer. Because we have another bad example in Pilate here. When Jesus was presented to Pilate, it's so funny and, and in a way so sad. He was, Pilate was facing the king of kings, the truth, the Messiah. And he had his doubts, you know, but he didn't wait for an answer. He didn't wait for an answer. Let's read this text very quickly. He says, Pilate says to Jesus in John 18, 37, 38, You are a king then, said Pilate. 
Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate retorted. And with this, he went out again. He was facing the truth, the way, the life. He asked the question, but he doesn't wait for an answer. And this is, my friends, what's happening with so many people. They're asking, is there a God? Well, if it's a God, why this, this and this happens? Is there Jesus? Was it here real? Is he my savior? Is he my God? But they don't come and test that. They don't try God truly. And the Bible says, you know, you will seek and you will find. You shall seek and you will find. If you're seeking with your whole heart, if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to wait for an answer. And when we are in doubt, sometimes the easiest way to see God's at work is to get involved. Yeah, is to get involved in small things, minor things, helping others. See how God works in other people's lives when you're in doubt. That will make you, your faith, stronger. That will make us going back and walk with the Lord Jesus. Amen. So that was the first lesson. The second lesson we learned from Thomas is to be courageous and sacrificial. Who? Thomas? Yes, actually. He was courageous. Uh, from all the disciples, he was the one willing to go and die with Jesus. So let's read John 11 verses from verses 1. Here it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, A short while ago the Jews were trying to stone you, and yet you're going back? So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also knows a Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. He was willing to put his life alongside Jesus's and die for him. So he was courageous. This shows Thomas's love for Jesus, not his unbelief. So he was, from all of the disciples, the courageous ones. Maybe, we don't know why he was missing from the first meeting when Jesus showed up. There are many speculations. But remember why the disciples were gathered. Because they were scared for their lives. They were afraid. They were locked, them, they were locked in a room somewhere uh, on a floor. But Thomas was out. Maybe he was asking questions. Maybe he was not afraid to show himself, although people knew that he was Jesus' disciple. Let's think of that for a moment. Maybe he was again the courageous one, going and asking questions about Jesus. That is amazing, isn't it? We see a different side of Thomas here. So when we are tempted to leave things behind when it's getting hard, Let's remember Thomas. He was willing to go and die for Jesus. You know, people are walking away where things are, are getting harder. 
walking away from a marriage, walking away from a relationship where things are getting tougher, where things are getting, you know, not nice. So many people just step away. Let's learn from Thomas and let's be courageous to stay and follow Jesus, stay together, even when things are harder and tougher in our lives. The third lesson, if we look carefully in Thomas' life, we learn to be honest and sincere. Now, you know, these day, nowadays, so many people, they know pretty much everything, right? As you remember, during the pandemic and when the vaccine came out, so many people on social media suddenly became experts in, like, vaccination and, uh, you know, diseases and how everything works. Then the war in Ukraine started, and suddenly some of the social media, uh, people on social media became war experts and, you know, foreign policy experts and all sorts of opinions. So people nowadays, they're saying they know everything, even when it's about faith. I know everything. I don't know to hear about God anymore. I know everything. But every day, let's remember, it's a school day, like for me in English, right? Every day is a school day. I'm learning something new. And it was the same for Thomas. He wasn't afraid to ask questions when he didn't get it. Even there, as we read in that room, he said, until I see it, until I have some evidence, I'm not going to believe it. But also in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6, again, here Jesus talks about his, his next steps in, in his work. And it says, Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My, my father's house has many rooms. If that weren't not so, would, have not, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And I bet here all the disciples says, yeah, of course we do. Like in the classroom, you know, when it's about to finish the lessons, everybody, yeah, it's good, let's go. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? He was honest, he was sincere about his, you know, misunderstanding. And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If we stop here for a second and think, this statement is all over the world now. I am the truth, the way, and the life. It's in songs. It's in books that have been written about Jesus. If we stop for a second and think, if Thomas hadn't asked the question, Lord, we don't know the way. Jesus didn't, wouldn't have given him this amazing answer that for us today is like, a, is like a stone for our faith, isn't it? It's like a, the base, a foundation for what we believe about Jesus. So let's not be afraid to ask questions, right? And I remember as a joke, my first training here in UK, you know, someone very helpful, said, uh, well, there is no such a thing as a stupid question. Only the person asking the question. You know. They were trying to be funny. But no, let's not be afraid to ask questions when we don't understand fully 
the message that God has for us. So never be afraid to ask questions. It's like, you know, Thomas here says, wait a minute, Lord. We don't know the way there. Can you explain? Can you tell us more? And being honest, when we are sincere, that's when God shows up in our lives. So let's open our heart and don't be afraid. And the last point about Thomas's story is that we need to learn to testify about Jesus, to testify about the Lord. And we read earlier his statement, and, I, and I'm sure he wasn't, you know, kind of, oh, yeah, my Lord and my God, you know. When he realized Jesus is resurrected, when he realized who sits in front of him, he didn't need to touch Jesus anymore because he saw, just like the other disciples, he saw Jesus and believed. And his testimony here, his exclamation, it's one of the most amazing exclamations in the New Testament. He says, my Lord and my God. Now let's remember in that time, if you call someone God, that would be a blasphemy. That would be something unheard for the Jewish people. But Thomas makes this amazing statement about Jesus. And does this Jesus stop him? No. He accepts. So Jesus is, my friends, the Lord and the Savior. But you observe the text here. He doesn't say the Lord, a Lord, my Lord and my God. Can we all say the same this morning about Jesus? My Lord and my God. Let's try it together. My Lord and my God. Amen. You see the power that comes through that statement. And we learned a few Sundays ago about Peter having a wonderful revelation. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And that was a powerful affirmation. But what Thomas says here, it's even more powerful because he makes Jesus the third person in the Trinity, if you like. My Lord and my God. So let's learn this lesson from Thomas and have the courage to testify who the Lord is for us. So as a conclusion, Thomas's life, the tradition tells us, he actually traveled longer distances than Paul. And Thomas, the tradition says, he traveled further outside of the Roman Empire. He reached India, a foreign land, to preach the gospel there. There are commentators saying that he even reached China and then came back to India. And his life ended as a martyr for Lord Jesus, for his Lord and his God. He was um, sacrificed as well. He died as a martyr uh, by, uh, by a spear. Looking at his life, what do we learn? It's okay to have doubts, right? It's okay to have doubts if we're waiting for God's answers. We learn his courage. Let's be courageous. Let's follow God with all our hearts. We learn to be honest, honest and sincere with God and with one another. And we also learn to testify about who Jesus is. And when we do that, as Thomas, then Jesus has for us amazing promises. For them, 
and with this we're going to end this message. Jesus in that room had four things. One is for us today, and three were for them. So one, he gave them the peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. His words were like, peace be with you. Today, no matter where you're going through, Jesus says the same, peace be with you. Then, Jesus gave them a reason to believe. He says, this is me. Look at me. You saw me. You saw me dying on the cross. He gave them reason to believe. And I'm sure if we're looking carefully, there are plenty, plenty of reasons for us to believe. And then, Jesus gave them a challenge, as we read this morning. He said to Thomas, now stop doubting and believe. The same challenge for us today. Stop doubting and believe. And the the fourth is a blessing for all of us today. Remember Jesus said them in the room. You have seen and you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Who are those, my friends? Us. All of us who have not seen and yet we believe that Lord is my Lord. Lord Jesus is my Lord and my God. So help us God. Amen.